buckle up your pant legs, zip up your hats, and start your engines. It's time for Sounds About Light, a podcast about Kingdom Hearts Birth by Sleep. I'm Sam. I'm Drew. We have gotten our first racing minigame in all of Kingdom Hearts. Can you believe it? I kind of can't. Well, it's weird that it's weird that it hasn't happened before, right? Well, we had there's there is a foot racing mini game in the very first game that every that's true that we've all played hours of, and um, <laughs> but this the is, score is zero to fifty. That's right. But this is our first yeah, kart racer. It's Kingdom Karts. I'm surprised that's not a game. We got a dancing game. We should have a Kingdom Karts game. Legitimately, I am actually surprised that it's not a real game. <laughs> Yeah, or just like a Square Enix racer. I guess there's that Final Fantasy one. Was there? Yeah, and it was the Chocobo Chocobo GP. Oh. Oh, I think I have heard of that. It had like really rancid like microtransactions, I think, at first. Yeah, but I think, re- wasn't this a story recently that they like took them out or something? Yeah, they removed them, and so maybe that's a game. So now it's a good game? I think it's, do you have to, how much, is it free? Oh, it's $50. No way. What? <laughs> what? I wasn't ready for that number. It's on Nintendo. I wasn't ready for a number. It's on the Switch. Oh, shit. That is that is not what I thought was about to happen. I was like, I'm going to go play some Chocobo GP. Never mind. I'll never play this game. <laughs> oh, man. But look at Square Enix love having a full price video game that is just a, a, a silly spinoff of... I'm just mad about Melody of Memory. I, anyway. I really like looking at Steiner on this cart, though. Oh, shit. Steiner got a cart? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this looks like a good video game. I know. Not $50 oh, worth, but... <laughs> looks all right. Final Fantasy IX, move over. I don't need it anymore. I've got Steiner driving, driving a go-kart that looks like a suit of armor appropriate that's cool um unfortunately tara's version is much less i mean i don't know if chocobo gp is a good game but it doesn't look this good no or tara's version doesn't uh that's that's uh just classic disney town stuff though i can't oh shit i've already forgotten where i was having this conversation Oh, right. It was a uh, friend of a friend uh, on Twitch was streaming um, <laughs> Birth by Sleep on Sunday. Zelda Momoe, <laughs> if anyone is curious, was streaming Birth by Sleep on Sunday and <laughs> pointed out how weird it is that there is Scrooge gives Ventus a pass to Disney Town. Do they charge? It's Disneyland. It's. 200 fucking dollars to get into one of the parks. It is Disneyland, but it's also just like the town outside of the castle. Yeah, and you gotta put down some cash or have a pass or else you're staying outside. It's like Horace Horsecollar. He's he's not like a citizen. He's a cast member of Disney Town. They're all employees and they're all competing for the employee prize. Oh my god, they're trying to win employee of the month. That's what the Million Dreams Festival is. That's probably the only way you actually get paid is if you win and everyone else, it's everyone's wages in one big pot and one person gets it. God, that's so weird. What the fuck is up with Disney Town? I've, I never really thought about it before. <laughs> yeah, it seems well, bad. It does seem bad. There's there's certainly a darkness there, but we've got other darknesses to talk about. Yeah, we, what do we, st- oh, we start with Xehanort being normal talking to a mysterious person. 
in, on a balcony. Yeah, you that played when you were playing as Ventus, right? I think it did. Yeah, that must just play every time the player finishes like the first three worlds. I guess. Yeah, I think so. Because it makes no sense to play it in Ventus's story. Yeah, it makes sense here. It doesn't make sense in Ventus's story. He does see this character, I guess, but they don't really do much till the end of the game. Yeah, he doesn't even fight him. No. Uh, but yeah, Xehanort's talking to Bragg. Uh, but anyway, Terra goes to the mysterious tower of Yen Sid, and what a what a delightful <laughs> first appearance for Mickey Mouse in Terra's story. <laughs> this is like a strange, like, Dadaist cartoon that happens in front of Terra. <laughs> He just rolls with it, though. He just sees Mickey, like, run out of the tower with the star shard, and he just goes like... And flies off, and Tara just goes... Hmm. Hmm. It j- I just all I could think about was when he sees the magic mirror in the Drought Woodlands, and he just goes, "A mirror that knows everything." How about that? Is the secret that Terrace is kind of depressed? <laughs> I mean, he's got darkness in his heart. Riku's got darkness in his heart, and Riku's definitely got depression. Oh man, that's a bummer. Maybe that's all it is. Maybe that's all it is. It sucks that oh, makes well. you evil and bad. But I, I, I didn't know. I didn't know team was making was making hearts. <laughs> They said, we're done making psychological horror, now we're only making Kingdom Hearts games. But this time it's all just exactly about depression and mental illness, and we're not going to, it's not even going to be a metaphor at all. <laughs> I'm sure in Kingdom Hearts 4 we'll find out why Terra has darkness in him or something. Anyway, uh, so Terra just completely forgets about Mickey. He's just like, well, that was weird. I mean, Mickey... He gets, like, I mean, we know this from Ventus's story. He's getting, like, flung through outer space completely at the mercy of the Star Shard. Yeah, he just assumes that it's sending him to the places he needs to be. Which is why, after he says Alakazam, the next thing we hear from him is, <laughs> He's just gone. Oh. He's like, I didn't know that was gonna happen. I watched that part, like, three times. <laughs> Uh, so Terra goes inside and asks Yen Sid for counsel, but Yen Sid says that he has doffed his mantle. Yeah, I think this is what fucking Master Chief gets in Halo 4 at some point. They say he a gets the man- mantle. I don't know, that game's garbage. I can't remember what happens, but, um, Wait, in Halo 4? Halo 4, yeah. Oh, yeah, I've never played He gets 4. the mantle of the something to, I don't know, do some stuff with the Forerunners and no one cares, and... No one cares so bad that they pretend that game basically doesn't exist in Halo Infinite. <laughs> uh, so, ter- well, when when Noise Space Matt finally does his uh, Halo lore podcast, we'll find out about that. But, oh, great. Uh, so Terra says, wait, you say that you're not a Keyblade Master anymore. Are you aware that you have an apprentice with a Keyblade? And I love that Yen Sid doesn't really address that. He's just like, ah, oh, Mickey... What a little guy. He's he basically's like Mickey's a little fucking rascal. He's a young gun out there and he's eager to use his keyblade to set things right. Yeah, and Tara's just like, so you are a keyblade master. And I yeah, he says he says the crown has not cured Mickey's impetuousness. So I guess he's known Mickey since he was Steamboat Willie. And he was a little rascal on that steamboat, so he Oh, absolutely. 
when I when I watch Steamboat Willie, I say, "What an impetuous little man! <laughs> what a what an impetuous boat boy king!" <laughs> uh, I I am dying to get into the ridiculous timeline of Mickey becoming a king. He was like. He was like the boat hand of Pete's steamboat, and then they built they just built a castle around the cornerstone of light. Well, he must have uh you know, they must have been ferrying Minnie at some point, and the the hot young deckhand caught her eyes and it was a forbidden romance and, and now he's king. Would you believe that we will get into the Minnie Mouse origin story in a future game? I wish that we wouldn't, but <laughs> me too i'm not looking forward to it because i don't understand it at all all right uh so yen sid uh cryptically i say but i mean there's only really one way to take this he's like you should consider xehanort's disappearance a part of the same problem as the appearance of the unversed and tara's like what does that mean and i'm like what could it mean other than the unversed are here because of something Xehanort did. Yeah, my notes. Oh, that's Tara. My notes say, "Oh, Master Xehanort and the unversed are connected somehow." Whoa. But he seems so nice. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, even Yen sit here like he quietly mumbles to himself, like, "I should not make assumptions." Really? Yeah. I mean, I guess it's like he and Erica still kind of respect Xehanort because he is a Keyblade Master. So mm-hmm. even though it's very obvious what's going on, they don't want to say it unless they know for sure. They want so badly to believe that this guy is super, super normal. Um, and yeah, he he tells Terra like, go, just go keep looking for Xehanort. And Terra leaves, and then he says to himself, he's like, Oh, Xehanort, I thought you had grown beyond these foolish endeavors or something like that. He, and it's like, he says, I, so you, I had hoped, so you know, <laughs> he said, I had hoped Xehanort that your heart would no longer take you astray. I had hoped that, but it clearly has, but I still am not entirely sure. Anyway, I think these teenagers should solve the problem without my help. I, I get so nervous every time uh people leave the room that Yen Sid is in and then it cuts to like a close up on him ever since that really weird ominous shot of him like disappearing <laughs> in Kingdom Hearts 2 <laughs> every time they cut to him close up i just expect him to be like fools they have no idea that i am evil <laughs> it would make a lot of sense if he was i mean i remember being terrified of him in fantasia yeah, he's really scary. He's scary. Yeah. Mickey's just trying to flood the tower. <laughs> I mean, yeah, he's right to be mad, but he's scary about it. Yeah, he, he should be nice about it. Terra goes flying through space uh, on purpose, not like Mickey. Uh, and Xehanort calls him on the phone that doesn't exist. And uh, Terra follows him to the Badlands and says, Master, what? Why? why are you doing this? And Xehanort says, to protect the realm of light from the demon that I unleashed. It's, yeah, I was surprised that he, I mean, this is like a a very Sith move where you tell part of the truth, but not the whole truth to lie to somebody. Yeah, I, I like the way that he's manipulating Terra by, like, he basically is telling him some of the truth specifically stuff that makes him look bad Mm -hmm. to make Tara be like, 
oh my god, he's like confiding in me. He's being vulnerable and expressing his failure to me. And Tara just, because of that, totally glosses over what Xehanort just said, which is, oh, why am I hunting down the princesses of heart? To protect the realm of light. And Tara's just like, well, that's a weird thing. Wait, you trust me? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, because he's like, um, Vinitas came from Ventus. I accidentally, like, his heart got damaged, and to save him, I made Vinitas. So he does know that he did it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, he calls it a training accident, which I guess it arguably was. It's true. Kind of, kind of was a training accident. Uh, But his main lie is that he made Venus to save Ventus's life, which is not what happened. Um, But then he's, the boy could not stay with me, the man who did him such grievous harm. Please, he wouldn't remember. Yeah. Yeah, and he he tells, no, uh, sorry, Tara tells him, like, oh, don't blame yourself, Master Xehanort. And he, like, sort of smiles with relief uh, because he has never known why Ventus was all messed up when they first met. And we get a little flashback. It Also, I don't want to just gloss over the fact that Tara is, like, comforting and reassuring Xehanort in this scene. Yeah, Xehanort's like, you know how to put an old man's heart at ease. Yeah, yeah, God. Tara... I mean, this is what's funny, though, is, like, we've had so many scenes of Tara just, like, stumbling directly into Disney villains who then, like, puppet him with darkness. (laughs) This is the first time that we've seen a villain actually, like, emotionally manipulating him to this degree. And, yeah, it's it's pretty sad to watch, but we get a little flashback uh, to Tara and Aqua training. These are always so funny because it's the exact same character models, except that Tara is like, oh, well, I should go see who that little boy is. <laughs> yeah. And Ventus is walking around looking really, I mean, he looks like a zombie, basically. Yeah. Just like Roxas. <gasps> oh, this no. is uh, the day that Xehanort brought Ventus to the Land of Departure. Uh, Tara and Aqua go say hello, and Tara starts asking Ventus questions about himself, and Ventus just immediately starts screaming and collapses, which, another one of those moments that is a little unintentionally comedic. Right, because people just don't react to it as much as they should. Yeah, they're just like, <gasps> yeah. and and literally Ventus is like, <laughs> and like on his knees and grabbing his head. Yeah, and Tara's just like, I just asked him where he came from, gosh. <laughs> and Ericus, you know, we 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 love Ericus. Uh what an asshole he is. Uh I don't actually love Ericus. Ericus just like runs downstairs and is like, Tara, what did you do? Right, yeah. Like he just said hi to the kid. Yeah, and he he's he tells them like he cannot answer any questions about his past. He has no memories. As if they could have known that. Yeah, uh, he's just already on Terra's shit. He already knows he has darkness inside. Yeah, I have to say, rewatching this uh, for the first time in a while, I, 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 you know, like I've said before, I've never like taken notes on Kingdom Hearts before. Uh, I'm really surprised. I don't remember Ericus being such an asshole. I hope we get some good reasons for him being such an asshole later on. 
Yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's like obviously we shouldn't take Xehanort's words at face value, but I I do see what he says when he says. Th- I mean, I think he's about to say it right here, uh, where he says like Ericus has been. What did he say? Maybe it wasn't in this scene. I think he says at some point that like Ericus has been corrupted by the light. Yeah, I don't have. I don't think that was in this part, but yeah, he he has some stuff about Ericus at some point. Mm, maybe that was a previous part. I don't remember, but yeah. Uh, but yeah, I I I do think there is some truth to that. It does seem like Ericus is so like single minded in his beliefs about light and dark that he he can be pretty harsh to people for doing anything remotely wrong. <laughs> yeah, no, I see. It's later on when he's talking about how Ericus fears Terra and stuff like that. Right, yeah, right, right. Yeah. And yeah, he. You know, and it, I don't, I don't love the way that Ericus is always like getting super aggro with Terra, and then he's like, "Terra, you are like a son to me." Like, shut up, dude. <laughs> yeah, not to always talk about Star Wars, but it's basically, uh, it's like what Luke did to Kylo Ren. I haven't seen any of the new ones. Okay, well, never mind. It's from the one good one. Oh, I do. I want to see all three of them. I just haven't gotten around to it. There's, there's one good one. <laughs> well, I've seen all the prequels and there's zero good ones of those. I've seen the first 6 Star Wars movies and there's two good ones. I would rather only watch the prequels for the rest of my life than watch Rise of the Skywalker ever again. The movie. See, I get that though because the prequels as much as they're not good, they they were a vision of a director with a story that he wanted to tell. Yeah. And you that could, from from everything I've heard, Rise of Skywalker is like a complete backpedaling apology to the racists. Yeah, that's correct. And like the prequels are kind of fun at times, and there's just, there's no fun to be had in Rise of Skywalker. There, there are some fun things in the prequels. I mean, yep. I get a lot of shit for having the correct opinion, which is that Attack of the Clones is the best of the three because it's stupid and fun. Whereas the hmm. other two are just stupid, in my opinion. I can buy that. I mean, Obi-Wan goes to, like, a fucking greasy diner, and there's, a like, a green man in an apron who's like, Oh, what do you want, Obi-Wan? <laughs> like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, and there's the guy, there's the Death Sticks guy. There, yeah, there's a lot of fun stuff. I think I was... I think I, I couldn't remember his voice, so I basically did Watto. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I did I Watto, mean, but not from the movie. I did Watto from the Star Wars Episode One Racer N sixty four game. I, I can buy what you're putting down because we, you know, we meet Sleaze Bagano. We've got all sorts of good stuff going on in Attack of the Clones. I mean, make no mistake, I don't like that movie. No. <laughs> anyway, uh, where were we? Uh, oh yeah, so back at the Badlands, uh, which I will continue calling them that because we're not standing in the Keyblade graveyard specifically. Um, Tara is like, so why is Venetus still free? Like, what happened? And Xehanort is like, oh, I I failed to capture him. I tried so hard, but he just slipped right out of my grasp, and then all the unversed came out of him. Yeah, he's very, Tara's like, oh, poor master. <laughs> he's playing up being a weak old man a lot through this part. He really is, yeah. Uh, I mean, later when we see him, quote-unquote, captured... It's so funny. Very, very funny looking. Especially when you know that Xehanort's, like, 
far and away the strongest person we've ever seen in these games based on the end of this game. Oh, yeah. I mean, the boss fight with him at the end of Terra's uh, game. He This is a buff grandpa. This is the buffest grandpa that's ever lived. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we ever see him without his shirt on, but I have to imagine that old man Xehanort is ripped as hell. Oh, we should see him without his shirt on. Sure, why not? That'd be good. Um, yeah, I was a little, I am like confused here. I did mark this because like Xehanort basically tells Terra that he should go off and write this wrong that I've wrought. And I'm really mm-hmm. confused why he would want Terra to fight Vanitas. It feels like he should really only want Ventus to fight Vanitas. Because, like, what if Terra accidentally killed Vanitas? That'd be bad. Yeah, well, what happens here is that he specifically tells Terra, go to Radiant Garden next. And we know that he's planning something there. That's true. Okay, he just wanted a reason for him to go there. That's fair. Yeah, I I think that the go hunt down Vanitas thing is entirely a cover for what he's actually trying to get Terra to do. Um, hey, what? Terra had a psychic vision. Did he? Did you not catch that? Where Xehanort is like, Vanita seeks to destroy all light. And Terra, like, flashes forward to the end of the game where Ventus and Aqua are, like, being defeated by by Vanitas. I must have been looking at my notes or something. Well, you're not missing out, allegedly, because Nomura himself has said that that was not meant to imply anything about Terra being able to see the future. It was only foreshadowing for the player. Stupid. That's bad. I think that that's a lie. I think that I think that there was something else that was planned that he has since uh, decided not to do, because Terra, like, reacts to the, to the cutscene. And I, I think I've heard that it happens a second time later in the game. And Terra, like, has a little vision of the future and goes like, <gasps> I, I, I think that he was planning something and then he, like, changed his mind. The best I could give Nomura is that that's meant to be him imagining his friends getting killed by Vanitas and wanting to go maybe, stop it. Maybe, maybe, maybe. But, but yeah, his, his own words, this was only intended as foreshadowing for the player. Yeah, no way. This is the most Nomura bullshit in the world that that, oh, yeah. that Terra would be getting visions, so. Yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll see if there's ever any explanation for this. This feels like a fucking Hirohiko Araki dropped plot line. This is Josuke time traveler theory. <laughs> yeah. Like, oops, I, I was going to do a thing and then I didn't get around to it. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, but yeah, he says, uh, Vanitas wants to destroy the light, go to the City of Light, Radiant Garden. So he does. Uh, he arrives just after Ventus, I think. I think he, like, catches a glimpse of Ventus, like, chasing after Mickey. Uh, he also sees Xehanort, which is a bit of an odd transition. Yeah, he sees Scrooge go by and then Xehanort and is like, what? (laughs) He does fight some unversed in the middle of this, so I guess there is some time passing, but it is a little weird that Xehanort's like, go to Radiant Garden, and then five seconds later, Terra's like, what's Xehanort doing here? Yeah. I think he says, like, maybe he learned something. I don't know. I mean, again, as we'll continue saying throughout this game, time is messy. It is. I'm pretty sure that Ventus arrives at the Olympus Coliseum before Terra and leaves after him it's it's weird yeah that must be true yeah uh so oh we did i i mentioned this before tara does see merlin like drop the hundred acre wood book well he sees the book on the ground and merlin going by but merlin claims it's not his book 
Yeah, and I had to I had to like watch this frame by frame because like the book is not on the ground. Then Merlin like teleports in front of his house and the book just like appears at his feet in the smoke. So, who knows what's going on there? I think we can maybe still consider this a question. Where the hell did that book come from? Oh, see, my crackpot corner uh? is that Xehanort dropped the book be- mm. because the book makes you stronger, and he wants uh-huh. Terra to get stronger, and uh-huh. so he planted this so that Terra would find it and Merlin could show him how to use it. Much like Venetus generates Unversed for Ventus to fight and get stronger... This is Xehanort essentially giving Terra a free gym membership card. <laughs> Correct, which is hanging out with a with a little a little stuffed bear, and that makes you strong. Lifetime passes to Hundred Acre Wood, but it is funny because that's what Merlin says when he looks at it. He's like, "Oh, this book with the with the bear on it. This will make you way stronger." Yeah, he says like it has the power to unlock your inner strength that lies dormant or something like that, which. To be fair, it does. Like, Sora learns, like, Eroga by doing the swing minigame <laughs> or something like that. Yeah, and Terra's super psyched that this book might make him strong. Yeah, e- well, even though everyone, if you're trying to platinum. Even though everyone keeps telling Terra to maybe not be co- so concerned with being strong. <laughs> well, Merlin doesn't know that. No, Merlin doesn't, but Terra... <laughs> everyone ter- is like... Terra, you have to stop your your unceasing lust for power. And Merlin's like, oh, hello there, young man. Do you want to get strong? You want to get buff? I've got five books that'll make you buff. <laughs> also, the fact that Terra keeps calling him your elderness. He doesn't like it. And Merlin's like, can you stop calling me that? Yeah, he's going to try to murder Sid over that in the future. But yeah, get out of there, Terra. <laughs> This is like in fucking Hades when you fight uh, Charon. You're like, this is going to be incredibly strong, but I have to, I have to agitate him so he'll attack me, or I'll never, I'll never get stronger. <laughs> what? If, yeah. What hey, if Merlin? What, what if Terra? What if Terra killed Merlin? Oh shit! That would be a. I mean, cool. <laughs> be pretty cool. Yeah. These games will never do that, though. No characters. Uh, can't kill Merlin. No. He's the strongest character. That's right. I mean, we we always see him, like, alluding to how strong he is. But we've never seen him actually do anything. Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like how Genie doesn't really get to do anything either. <laughs> yeah. He, he, Maybe G- Kingdom Hearts 4. Genie can disappear five heartless. <laughs> God. Uh, so, God, there's a... Mm, no, I'll say it. I, I, I can't start that and then not finish it. It's funny that Genie, that one time that he had to get rid of a sandstorm, he then complained about how easy it was, but he never complained when he had to disappear for Heartless. Maybe that's super hard. I don't know. That was really hard for him. I don't know the rules of magic. Maybe that's tough. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, so Terra walks back outside and he sees the big unversed that the three of them will fight and he chases after it and then he meets up with the other three and then they fight it and then they have their conversation that we already saw. Yeah. I did have some notes on this conversation with a little bit of new Terra context. Did you have any? No, go for it. I I thought it was kind of surprising because I I haven't played this in a while. I don't really remember the details. Uh, I had assumed that Terra had met Venetus, but he still hasn't met him when he was like, oh, the boy in the mask, you know Venetus? He's never met him. That was kind of surprising to me. Yeah, he's just been told about him at this point. Yeah. 
he also tells Aqua, he tells Ventus that he has a dangerous task ahead of him. And Aqua says, what task? And he says, it's a different route than Ericus wanted, but I am fighting the darkness. Now that that makes a lot more sense now, knowing what he's up to. It, it does, yeah. He thinks he's hunting down Vanitas for Ericus. He's not. Um, and the only other thing that I was going to say is uh, just keeping an eye out for when Aqua, when we get to Aqua, because it's still unclear what exactly she thinks he's done. Because we know that he did get manipulated into removing Aurora's heart. Well, she thinks that she also thinks that he threatened Snow White. I don't know that she does know about that, though. Uh, well, Ven- Ventus does, I guess. Yeah, maybe maybe she'll show up and the dwarves will be, the drowves will be like, that guy is scared Snow White. Probably. That's- but, like, what what does she think happened at the Castle of Dreams? He did literally nothing there. Yeah, there's nothing that could be construed as bad there. You killed the He whole- escorted her to the ball. You killed the whole band. It was one. <laughs> the Grand Duke was like, wait, that was our band. <laughs> Just when the guests were starting to dance. Yeah, I don't know what he did there. Yeah, so I'm I'm curious to see if this is going to be like, it turns out Aqua is also getting played, or the plot is bad. Who's to say? Are there time shenanigans where she's been to a future place, he's done something bad that he hasn't done yet? Ooh, I don't think that they ever do anything like that. I do, occasionally I will refer to the timeline, because the game does give you a timeline uh, after you finish it. Um there's there i don't think there's anything ever like that it's all pretty linear just sometimes it slows down and speeds up for each character okay got it um so yeah tara walks off on his own uh and he thinks i can only trust Sayanort now and then he crosses paths with old brag and we were talking about this before he's got two brown eyes he does and a cool scarf no yellow eyes yet. What's going on there? But he does have a cool scarf. Um, and he says that he's taken Xehanort prisoner. And he says that Xehanort is begging to see Terra. And Terra's like, no, there's no way that's true. And Brig just says, whatever you say, ciao. <laughs> the old coot wouldn't stop asking for you. God, I loved Brig in this part. He's so funny. Bragg's maybe the best character. I really, really like this guy. I, I, I have his voice actor's name written down somewhere. I'll, I'll read it when I get to it because I've always talked about how I like Bragg and Zigbar, but there was something this part where I was like, I need to give this guy a specific shout out because this is just delightful. Yeah, he's he's always doing his best with the voice acting, and like I don't know, his his lines are super cheesy, but he he delivers them with so much gusto. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so Tara arrives at, uh, do you have any guesses of what this place is? Because I know the answer. Well, they said it was I'm under curious the, what you thought this was. They said it was under the gardens, um, uh-huh. and Xehanort's tied to a big Mario pipe. Um, <laughs> yeah. so I'm assuming this is the plumbing that leads to the gardens. Uh, yeah, you're, you're actually, you're actually pretty close. This is, it's a gigantic, like, as far as the eye can see. Water purification facility. Ah, okay. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm still I'm still wondering what the heck is up with Radiant Garden. There's a lot of stuff with the water here, and I, I don't know if it'll ever matter, but hmm, I'm keeping an eye on that shit. 
And yes, Xehanort is, like, comically chained to a pipe, like, chains wrapped around his entire body, chaining him to this pipe. He's just kind of, like, slumped forward. I think Brag, like, not not explicitly, but he basically just walks up behind Terra and is like, Yeah, I've been torturing that old man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and Terra still feels, like, I think he's still skeptical at this point, even with yeah. Xehanort tied up there. If only he was a little more skeptical. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, he pulls out his keyblade and Bragg says the most Kazuma Kiryu line in all of Kingdom Hearts, which is a keyblade. Seems like everyone's got one of those these days. <laughs> yeah, that rules. Um, that actually seems more like a Majima line to me, but sure. It's, it's, it's a Yakuza sub storyline. Fair enough. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah, oh, because Kiryu's been in prison and everyone got Keyblades while he was in there. Okay. <laughs> Things really have changed. <laughs> Everyone's got a Keyblade now. Uh, Bragg claims that what he's up to is that if he defeats Terra, then he will prove to the Keyblade itself that he is more worthy than Terra to be a, quote, Keyslinger. <laughs> yeah, the real Keyslinger. Yeah, he's got some... But he tells Terra... Oh, go ahead. Oh, he's got some good lines here that I like. Uh-huh. Uh, he's got... The old coot sure knows how to take punishment, just like yeah. I know how to deal it out. <laughs> yeah, that's when he says he's torturing Xehanort. Yeah. Did you like when he goes... Because he, he tells Terra, like, don't come any closer or I'll kill him. And he just starts, like, shooting Terra with his gun... And Terra, like, falls over. He's, like, guarding against the bullets, but eventually he gets knocked over. And he goes, for a Keyblade Master, you're not very... What's the word? Good. (laughs) (laughs) That line rules. And also, you think I'm gonna fight there? As if. As if. Oh, my God. Uh, But Xehanort yells to Terra. uh, Again, more, more emotional manipulation. He's like... You can't let this guy win. Ericus will be ashamed of you if you do. Uh, and Terra gets up and Bragg just fully admits that he was bluffing about killing <laughs> killing Xehanort. <laughs> Which He's seems just like, like, well, I guess that didn't work anyway. Seems like he didn't need to do that yet, but... Uh. <laughs> uh, here's an interesting note about the boss fight. Um, because I was actually pretty surprised when I, when I noticed this. Because we know that... Uh, as a nobody, Zigbar has power over space, and he can, like, teleport around and, like, walk in the air. Break can also do that. That's weird. Yeah, it's just a thing he can do. The I think the only thing that I didn't see him do that Zigbar does is when he, like, sticks his hands through a portal and, like, shoots you from somewhere else. He hasn't figured that tech out yet. Yeah, maybe. I don't know if the idea is that, like, becoming a nobody, like, powers up his teleportation. I don't know. That that was just surprising to me when I noticed that. Like, I thought that was a thing he could do because he's a nobody, but I guess not. I mean, the things that the nobodies could do maybe is just stuff they could do anyway, and that's why... Yeah, I guess so. That's maybe why Xehanort, like, recruited them to be part of the research team. Yeah, I mean, we've seen uh, Isaac and get mad. Yeah. <laughs> we haven't seen Lee shoot any fireballs, though. We've seen... Actually, I don't, I don't think you actually fight him. I think that's just a cutscene, so... We've seen Vexen be a huge, or Evan be a huge weirdo creep, and that's, I think, his power. So, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, anyway, Terra beats him. Uh, He fires, like, a darkness blast, which uh, takes out his eye. Bye! Mm -hmm. 
Bye, Bragg's Eye. You are now Bragg. <laughs> little joke. Um, <laughs> anyway, I laughed. Uh, the 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 blast like continues on and like destroys the chains that Xehanort's chained up with. Bragg did not think that this was going to happen. I don't know if he thought that. If I don't know if Xehanort like told him like, oh yeah, you're gonna take a dive and Terra's gonna win. Whatever he thought was gonna happen, he did not expect to be losing an eye today. <laughs> no, yeah, he's very pissed off. I did really like that the blast is making. There's like the darkness burning on his face, like when Ericus got blasted by uh, Xehanort. Yeah. I liked that a lot. It looks cool. Yeah, little little parallel. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like how Bragg exits the scene? What does he do? He hops like 30 feet per hop. They're in this giant chamber and he just does like a hup, 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 bye. <laughs> he should have used his portals. Oh, well. Should have just teleported. I don't know why he didn't. Uh, Xehanort congratulates Terra on taking this enormous step forward. And Terra's like, this doesn't feel good. Now I can never go home. And Xehanort's like, you don't need to go home. Yeah. Um... Yeah, this is when he gets into how Ericus is wrong about stuff. Yeah, he tells Terra, I will be your master from now on. Uh, he says that Ericus has succumbed to the light. He does his classic poetic excuses where he says, like, Ericus forgets that light begets darkness, and Ventus and Aqua's lights are so bright that they cast shadows on your heart. And Terra's like, okay, <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. And then he gets to, like, his his central thesis of light and darkness are a balance, one that must always be maintained. Yes, which Ericus has forgotten about and lost sight of. And he says, Tara, I think that Ericus is afraid of you, because if you ask me, you're the only one who has demonstrated the mark of mastery, Master Tara. (laughs) And Tara's like, whatever you say, sir. Darth Tyrannus. (laughs) Uh, yeah, he calls him Master Terra, and Terra, like, all he can really do is, like, express his gratitude and bow to Xehanort, and Xehanort says, uh, go, continue traveling the worlds, find and destroy Vanitas. Um, he says the thing that people that are doing good stuff say all the time, which is, join me, and you and I can do the world's greater good. Hmm. <laughs> Using light and darkness in equal measure. Oh, okay. Oh, that sounds, that sounds Okay. Yeah, they don't learn our world history, I guess. So Terra maybe doesn't have context for greater good. <laughs> uh, I I don't remember if I told you exactly where uh, Xehanort Report 2 is, but it's here. Did you read Xehanort Report 2? Yeah, this is kind of another less interesting one. Um, yeah, he... Actually, I, I think this one is pretty interesting, in my opinion. Oh, okay. Uh, because it's Xehanort reflecting on his lessons from his and Ericus's master, which is when you travel between worlds, always wear your armor because it will protect you from the darkness. And he says, one day I was, I was out traveling in the darkness and I, I could feel the pull of the darkness and I took off my armor. He says, I, I forewent my armor's quote unquote protection and he says, like, they always told me that the darkness would eat me alive, but what do I have to be afraid of when I'm as strong as I am? Uh, and he says he never he never wore his armor again. Yeah. And then he just kind of goes on a little bit about 
how there's all these worlds out there and they are kept ignorant of each other and uncorrupted, he says, <laughs> which is a weird choice of words when you think you're doing good stuff. Um, yeah, he he definitely seems to have some like disdain for the idea that the worlds are separated and don't like know about the bigger picture. Like he wants to build Disneyland, I think, is his idea. Yeah, because he's like, we were never to enlighten them. Yeah, when Walt Disney said, we're going to make a theme park where light and dark exist in equal balance, <laughs> where you can get an autograph from Peter Pan and Captain Hook alike. Yeah, you know, it's the, it's really incredible. They figured out that people should be able to experience light and dark every five feet. That's right. Yeah, um, yeah he, he's, he seems sort of frustrated. He's like, we, we were never to enlighten the worlds about what is out there. Um, and I don't remember off the top of my head if that's something that we've really seen Xehanort getting into. So we'll have to keep an eye out for that. I think it's maybe the second time you mentioned that he loves to uh raw dog his way through the darkness <laughs> yeah it's it's interesting though because it it kind of implies you know ca- other characters ericus and Yensid specifically have suggested that xehanort has changed and it does seem to be implying that the reason that he became so corrupted with darkness is because he stopped wearing his armor and the darkness just like said, Oh sick. And he doesn't even realize how much it's like gotten into him. Yeah. And he loves it. I mean, if there's one lesson that you can learn from this podcast, it's always wear protection. That's right. (laughs) Whenever I drive my car, I wear a suit of armor. I mean, we prefer you would uh, abstain from going through darkness, but if you must, please wear protection. <laughs> the only the only perfect true protection from darkness is not traveling in the lanes between. That's correct. <laughs> Interesting, though, because this actually is a callback all the way back to Kingdom Hearts 1. This is exactly what Maleficent said to Riku when he, on Captain Hook's ship, he took Kyrie through a corridor of darkness, and he comes back into the castle, and he's, like, f- like on the ground, like, <gasps> oh, Jesus, what the hell? And she's like, you fool, you shouldn't travel through that realm without pr- proper precautions. Yeah, it does make you wonder, it's like, geez, how, how fucking strong is or that he can just do this and be fine? Yeah, because, like, Riku, it wasn't just that Riku got, like, corrupted in his heart by doing that. Like, he was, like, on his knees, like, struggling to breathe. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, this is a this is a Keyblade Master. This is a buff grandpa. He knows what he's doing. I like the part after that where then Maleficent took a piece of duct tape and she put it on Terra's arm. And she's like, this is the first time you travel through the Lanes of Darkness. But every time you do that, it loses its stick. <laughs> oh, God. You said Terra, but I assume you meant Riku. I meant Riku. Yeah, they're the same character. Here, Riku, chew this gum. <laughs> now now imagine that that's you in the realm of darkness. <laughs> we only did the duct tape one. I didn't get the gum one. Uh, I went to a relatively normal school, so we actually didn't do any of this. I went to school in a small town. Uh, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> between, between this and me talking about uh, Indian history that I never learned on Doctor Huh, there's been a lot of... A lot of conversation on my podcast recently about how American schools are not so great. They're great if you want to be really fucked up about sex, though. 
<laughs> I mean, if that's your goal, then yeah, I guess you'll be fine. <laughs> so Ventus, this is this is the scene where Ventus is uh, like catching up to Tara as he's trying to leave, and uh, Tara says, "Like, I know you'll always be there for me." Uh, this is another scene where we got a little bit of additional context because Tara was like pushing Ventus away and was like, no, Ventus, you can't come with me. Now we know the reason he said that is because his new master literally told him that the presence of Ventus is bad for him. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But in in the same way, I think it adds a little bit uh, uh, to the moment where Ventus kind of, like, reaffirms their friendship. And he's like, yeah, of course, I'll always be there for you, Tara. We're friends, right? And Tara's like, yeah, you know what? We are friends. Like, I think that Tara legitimately was afraid that he can't be friends with Ventus anymore. That's, yeah, that's true. And I feel like this, that interaction is what starts to have Tara maybe not listen to Xehanort's bullshit anymore. Yeah, and I, I think it is... It is cool, and one of the things that I do really like about this story is that, I mean, I don't I don't remember off the top of my head exactly what Aqua is going through. Her situation might be a little different because she's, like, in contact with Ericus the whole time. But, like, the fact that Terra and Ventus both are feeling like they have no place and, like, they have no one that they can be friends with when they both want to be friends with each other is it's pretty sad when you when you get it from both of their perspectives yeah i mean this this game i think has the best writing of the games we've been through so far it's i think it's definitely one of the better ones yeah Yeah. um and xehanort's a real 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 jerk he is to say the least uh well here's someone who will say more uh as after Terra has left, Bragg confronts Xehanort, and he is furious. <laughs> He's very pissed. I love what he says where he... Literally, Xehanort has, like, his back to him, and Bragg is just shooting at him with both guns, but, of course, Xehanort has, like, a shield, and they're just pinging off harmlessly. But Bragg is just slowly approaching him, just... And he goes, You said I wouldn't get hurt! I didn't sign up to be collateral damage! No way! As if... Why would you be so mean to this cool guy, Xehanort? And Xehanort just turns around and calmly summons his keyblade right up to Brig's throat. And Brig goes, okay, okay, fine, fine. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, this is where I, I wanted to shout out. Uh, James Patrick Stewart is the name of the voice actor. I don't know if anyone else will have this frame of reference, but I didn't know... He was a fa- he was the voice actor of my favorite character in of all of all things Call of Duty 2. He was Private McGregor. So, shout out to all my fellow McGregor heads out there. Oh yeah, I don't remember Private McGregor. <laughs> he is a very minor character, but I remember really liking him. All right. Uh but yeah, Brag what does he say? He 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 kind of gets embarrassed and like backs down and he's like well, you know, a little scratch on my face isn't such a big deal compared to what Tara did to Princess whatever it was. That would have ruined my week for sure. Yeah, that's a weird point of reference, but yeah, that's true. It is interesting that he he doesn't know about that, so everyone. I, I have to assume that means that Xehanort is like keeping him in on some of this stuff. Yeah, everyone, him in everyone's loop, talking I mean. about it. Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear what happened to that princess in another world that I don't know exists? 
Radiant Garden seems like maybe the place people do know other worlds exist. Uh, they they don't though because oh, yeah. Scrooge, Scrooge had to whisper into his hat about it. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. Yeah. Um, although, you know, with Ansem and his apprentices, like, there's definitely a lot of questions there about who knows what. Yeah, and when and who. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I I would guess that the average person here has no idea, but, I mean, even Merlin. Merlin's here. Yeah. Yeah, there's all sorts of... What the hell is going on there? Did the world of Sword in the Stone fall to darkness? I guess. I guess, yeah. He seems pretty cool with it. Well... Merlin is going backwards through time. Maybe that's why. I don't know. Anyway, that's not really in that movie, though. He's going backwards through time? Yeah, in The Once a Future King, <laughs> okay, um, the, the Sword of the Stones based on Merlin kind of experiences time in reverse. So the last, the last time that you see Merlin is the first time he's met you. Oh, huh. I didn't know that about Merlin. Yeah, so he knows all the things that are going to happen to you. Um, because he experienced that, but he doesn't know where you've come from, basically. Huh. That's weird and interesting. Yeah, it's super cool. That book's interesting. Huh. They should get into that here. Just kidding. Yeah. we don't. That's the last thing we need. <laughs> no, it's too many things. Uh, but yeah, it would ruin uh, uh, Bragg's week to have his heart taken out. Can you imagine if that happened to Bragg? Yeah, it'd be weird if that happened to Bragg. He'd be some other kind of cool guy. Hopefully that never happens, but... Uh, Xehanort, this is interesting, because Xehanort kind of scoffs and says, people like Terra don't have the power to steal hearts. And Bragg says, what do you mean? And Xehanort just smirks, and we don't get any follow-up on that. Does that mean that Xehanort was, like, hiding behind a curtain, and he's the one that actually did it? That's something I'm wondering about, is, like, I could see that literally just meaning, like, make no mistake, that was entirely Maleficent's doing. She was just, like, using him as a tool. Or it could mean... That Terra straight up didn't do it. Yeah. I'm inclined to believe that that was just him saying, like, sort of the irony that Terra thinks that he's done this, when in reality, at no point did he have anything to do with it. Okay. Yeah. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, But now it's time to start your engines. It's time to meet the best character in Kingdom Hearts. (laughs) Chip. (laughs) Even better than Captain Justice, somehow. (laughs) Uh, I like the intro to to Tara arriving in Disney Town because he literally just like walks onto a racetrack <laughs> and almost dies. And almost yes, Captain uh, Captain Dark, excuse me, not Captain Justice, aka not Pete. Uh, Captain Dark almost runs him over with a fucking go kart, and Minnie Mouse has to like scream at him to get off the track. <laughs> <laughs> And he's like, oh, I didn't know this was one of those tracks where things move fast. I don't know why you I don't know why he would, actually, but when you just show up. I, I mean he's got he's got a fucking hover bike. No, I just mean like when you first like he just came out of a portal right onto it. I mean you know what I mean. Yeah. It's it's a road. I would think that he would know what a road looks like. Fair enough. Okay. Uh, but yeah, Chip and Dale tell him that it's against the rules to run onto the track. I think that they think he was trying to cheat at the race. Yeah, it's against the rules to die. This is a very odd attempt to, like, equivocate cheating at a competition with the sort of uh, quote-unquote shortcut to, I guess, power that the darkness is. This... 
really falls flat for me. I don't know what they were going for here. Yeah, it's Tara starting to learn positive lessons along the way. Or, but in the stupidest way possible. Yeah. Because he's like, they're like, you can't just run onto the track. It's against the rules. And Tara's like, rules don't apply when you're up against the unversed. And Chip and Dale are like, you're starting to sound like Pete. Who's, what? Why are we talking about Pete? Yeah, I don't really know what Pete has to do with this. He never, um, he never shows up in this part. But a mysterious cool guy in a in a superhero costume named Captain Dark appears. <laughs> And he says, my name is Captain Dark. And we all say, wow, what a cool new character. Disguised in shadows, the rogue racer raves. Oh my god, yeah, he does do like a little intro for himself. Yeah, it rules. So cool. So cool. I love uh, this character. He, he blames Tara for ruining his, that definitely would have been a record race. Uh, and then he just leaves. I Sorry, I say he just leaves. He speeds off, like, through the town in his (laughs) go-kart. Like, practically crashing into walls as he, like, drifts through the town. What a cool guy. I mean, fortunately, there's no pedestrians because this is on the PSP. (laughs) Yeah, they they couldn't be rendered, so everyone's safe. Yeah, it stands for PlayStation Sans Pedestrians. Ah. Ah, Okay. I guess that's what it stands for. Uh, so Tara then asks if he can defeat the Unversed by racing against them. And I think Chip and Dale are just like, sure, why not? <laughs> they say something really Give funny, which is they've only ever seen the monsters on the track. So Right, because these are, these are like special cart-shaped Unversed. Yeah, who die when you beat them in a race, I guess. Yeah, and Chip and Dale are basically like, I don't know, maybe, it might work. Anyway, the the more important thing is that you can humiliate Pete. And Tara says, who's Pete? Anyway... Uh, they race, and Tara wins. That's that. My cart must have sprung a spring. Next time, I'll clobber all of you. <laughs> oh, yeah, this is the part where he drives off yeah. through the town. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chip and Dale, like, yell after him that nobody's ever going to vote for him. They explain the Million Dreams Festival. We already know about this. It's Employee of the Month. Uh, Tara, like, monologues about, this is a really valuable lesson. Just because I've been staring into the dark abyss doesn't mean I have to jump in to meet my goals. And Minnie and Chip and Dale are just looking at him like, okay. Yeah, no one no one says anything and then the scene ends because they're like, because I'm assuming after that they called like a hotline or something for Tara because that's <laughs> some sad stuff. Uh, did you notice though something really ominous happened through these scenes? What's that? Is that when Tara first met up with them, it was Minnie, Chip, Dale, and Pluto. Oh, and at the end, it's Minnie, Chip, and Dale. Because Pluto's off reporting to Xehanort. Where did he go? What is he up to? I think that he's reporting to Xehanort. Yep. This is one of his many blank points. Or Xehanort is reporting to him. Or he's transforming back into Xehanort. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> or he's eating some kibble out of a bowl. Could be. Probably not While that Goofy one. While Goofy is sitting nearby eating some kibble off of a plate with a fork and knife. <laughs> Sitting next to his human wife. (laughs) Uh, We go next to Olympus Coliseum where Hercules is getting his ass kicked by some unversed. Uh, This is in the middle of Ventus being here. This is confusing because there's that line from Phil in Ventus's side where he's like, oh, someone's tearing it up in the West bracket. 
Yeah. And that- so we're meant to believe that Terra is in like a different region, but it's just the same areas. He's just on like the other side of the court and they never cross the court to see each other. Right. Right. It would have been very funny if you could just like see Ventus just in the distance, very small. Yeah. You can't do that in the PSP. Maybe the Vita. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, Ventus is still here. He's just somewhere else, I guess. And Hercules is getting his ass kicked. Uh, Terra helps him. And I mean, Terra's story here is really not much because the big difference here is that Ventus doesn't compete in the games, but Terra does. Yeah. Cause, cause Hades antes him up. Yeah. So like Ventus's story was a story. A lot of what Terra does here is literally just fighting in the games. So, uh, yeah, Hades sees Terra and is like, ah, this guy is exactly what I'm looking for. Hey, do you want to learn how to repress your inner darkness? And Terra says, yes. And he says, well, I can teach you how. You just got to fight through the games. And he signs him up. There's a really, really dumb joke here where he says, he's like filling out the forms and he's like, name? And Terra says, Terra. And he goes, huh, kind of earthy. Yeah. Yeah, that's really stupid, right? It's it's stupid. I don't like the James Woods bad person, funny voice actor. Generally, um, uh-huh. these are not some of some of his stronger lines, which I have to right. Say what is that like? What kind of earthy? That doesn't make any sense. For some, that's not something you would say about a name. Well, because Terra means Earth, you know. That's why, yeah. But, it's it's but, literally true. Yeah, but there's no like, there's no like other side of it where it's like, oh, like no, it's just yeah. <laughs> What's your name, Tara? That means Earth. Okay. <laughs> yeah, he had to make a joke, and that's the best he got. Um, yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure there was something really funny in the Japanese. Uh, I do like how Tara has absolutely no patience for Hades' stupid vibes. Hades is, like, doing all of his quips as he's filling out the paper. He's like, oh, favorite god, uh, I'll put Hades, of course. <laughs> and Terra's just like, great. And he, like, he basically just, like, elbows past Hades to get into the Colosseum. Yeah, I was a little confused what Hades is trying to do here exactly. I guess he just wants to make a start a strong, evil hero. Is that what he's trying to do? It's not really clear I'm to kind me. Of, I'm kind of guessing here. I think that his hope was that Terra would be not as strong as he is that Terra would be strong enough to like get into the game some ways but that he would like hit a wall and not be able to get any farther and that's where Hades would step in and go like haha here's your power, darkness power kid oh and then he'll but, make a dark guy that could kill Hercules or something okay yeah but Terra is just strong and is just winning so Hades is like well this isn't gonna work uh, but then Zack walks past him. He's got his helmet on in case this is your first character that you've played as and you don't know who this is yet. And Hades says, well, that'll work. Uh, so, yeah, Zack walks out. They fight. Terra beats him. His helmet rolls off. And we say, wow, that's Zack from Crisis Core or whatever. Uh, but then he Zack gets back up. And suddenly he's way stronger and also darker and has a dark aura and is attacking Terra very hard. Yeah, he starts, like, teleporting around and stuff now. Yeah, and Terra's like, hey, I already won the fight. What are you doing? And Zack's like, this isn't me. And Terra kind of understands. He's like, oh, this is basically what, like, Maleficent did to me when she puppeted me. Uh, And Hades says, like, hey, you want to be like him? And (laughs) Terra's like, no. Yeah, no way. That seems bad. (laughs) 
darn it, I thought he would like that. Uh, but yeah, Tara fights him. Zack comes back to his senses and they have like a semi-friendship moment. It's kind of weird because I really liked this this world for Ventus, but it's not really much of anything for Terra. No, I mean, again, it is just more of him rejecting darkness, I guess. Which, yeah, we- and I guess, he, yeah, because Ventus' story is very much about, I want friends. Yeah, well, and then and then Zack does say the thing that you're exactly what I pictured a hero would be. It's not just the way you look, it's something else about you. Yeah, and Tara's like, no, I'm no hero, I'm a darkness boy. But Zack is like, the crowd clearly thinks otherwise, listen to him. And we cut to the empty stance. Yeah, I, I do think it's weird that Tara has so quickly turned against using darkness when it seemed like Xehanort had basically convinced him to do that, and now he's not doing it anymore. Yeah, I guess I guess what he's getting at is like, I don't want the darkness to control me. Because, right. you know, Xehanort said, like, they should be in balance, but don't be afraid of it either. Whereas Hades is like, I can teach you how to control your darkness. And then what he sees happen to Zack is that the darkness is very much controlling him. Okay. So I think I think that's where Terra's at is he's like... I'm I think I'm okay with using my darkness, but I'm I'm very wary of the fact that it can also use me if I'm not careful. Okay. Alrighty. Yeah, I buy that. But yeah, he he kind of has like a not really friendship scene with Zach. I think there are like six manly shoulder punches in this short <laughs> cutscene. <laughs> yeah, they're not good at expressing themselves. Yeah, and it kind of just ends. Like, Terra doesn't even really talk to Hercules at all, except for the very beginning. And he doesn't really get to know Zack at all. And then he just leaves, and that's that. Yeah, yeah, there's not much here. Uh, Speaking of not much here, it's time for Outer Space. Uh, Terra gets sucked up into the council ship. Uh, Gantu and the councilwoman are, like, visiting him in his cell while he's unconscious. And they're like, what is... That weird thing. <laughs> what is that weird pink creature? Ew. He has five fingers on each hand? Bizarre. Um, and I'm trying to think. Yeah, then they just like, oh, then the alarms start going off and they run away, right? Yeah, the unversed attack and they, they run away. And Yeah. Terra, of course, he wakes up. He's got a keyblade, so he just unlocks his cell and <laughs> fights them. <laughs> I, I do always enjoy whenever Keyblades are just used as skeleton keys that can unlock anything. It is funny because we see him power it up, but we don't actually see him burst through. I guess the animation would have been too much. Um, cause I it's w- probably just confusing because it's it's a force field that he opens with a key like it's a door. Yeah, because I was like, did he just did he actually just blast it open or did he use the Keyblade to open it? <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> Uh, but he finds Jumba, who is also in a cell, and Jumba uh, congratulates him on his strong and such. And Terra just starts to leave, and Jumba's like, wait! <laughs> uh, he says that he invented a really, really cool little guy, uh, and was wrongly locked up for that atrocious crime of making a cool little guy. He's fine. His only singular instinct is to destroy everything he touches, but he's great. Yeah, he doesn't tell Terra that just yet. <laughs> He says it pretty soon, though. Yeah, he he just says, like, the the creature that I made could have made short work of those monsters. And Terra's like, okay, well, I'll, I'll release you if you help me find this thing, and maybe it'll be helpful somehow. 
they find Stitch in a little, like, force field cell thing. And then Jumbo just straight up, like, as he's opening, as he's, like, disabling the force field, he's like, actually, is big piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, Stitch just starts jumping around and causing chaos. And then he takes Terra's friendship bangle. No, the Wayfinder. I, I like this part, though, because when, when... It's, like, the most we've heard Terra emote in the entire game when Stitch, like, jumps away with the Wayfinder and Terra's like, Give me that back! My friend gave me that! And he, he like, kind of surprises himself with how, like, how, like, pure and straightforward that emotional reaction was. I, I actually like this part of this world, um, even if this world's not that... There's not that much going on. I like that this is like him kind of turning things back around, being like, you know, Xehanort told me my friends were bad for me, but like, oh, wait, I just instinctually love my friends. And that's, yeah, that's like he, important. he, I think he straight up says it or like thinks it like monologues in his head where he's like, it's, it's so ironic uh, when, when I let my heart do the talking, what matters most to me is everything I've been trying to run away from. Yeah. And that's, that's nice. Mm-hmm. Uh Probably won't have much of an impact on uh, whether he lets Xehanort manipulate him. <laughs> well, he'll fight him eventually. Yeah, it's just, it's weird. It's like he, he's, like you said, he very quickly has sort of turned around. He was like, Xehanort is my master. He's the only one I can trust. And then almost immediately he starts being like, but all the things that he said don't really apply to me. And I don't want to follow any of them. And, uh he's wrong about my friends which i guess is fair enough like when when all said and done xehanort can't change the fact that terra cares about ventus and aqua well it comes down to xehanort's just very charismatic when he's in the room and then you walk away and you think about (laughs) what he said and you're like what that was bullshit it's as soon as you can't see him wiggling his fingers the spell breaks his fingers are just so hypnotic (laughs) There's a there's a great video. Oh, I can't remember the channel that posted it. Uh but there's a video on YouTube that's like Xehanort in Birth by Sleep, but every time he wink his he wiggles his fingers, it plays random keys on a piano. <laughs> that's good. Um anyway, so he he asks Jumba, he's like, I think that Stitch might just want friendship, and Jumba says, ha, no. Uh in fact, Check this out. And then, as if to somehow prove that Stitch doesn't care about friendship, he summons another experiment that attacks Terra. I, I don't like how this experiment looks, this weird little lightning stitch. Uh, this is Experiment 221. This is from uh, the uh, spin off sequel Stitch and from the cartoon Lilo and Stitch, the series. Uh, yeah, 221, a.k.a. Sparky. I remember loving this guy, uh, when I was a kid watching that show. Oh, okay. Well, here he just looks like bad off-model Stitch, and so I didn't, I didn't like how that looked. Many of them do. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I like the way that he creates him, which is he pulls out a little capsule with a 221 on it and just drops it into a flask, and it just becomes 221. That part was cool. I did like that. But what's really funny is that after Terra b- beats him in the boss fight, it turns him back into a little capsule. Yeah, weird. <laughs> Why does that work? Uh, and Jumba basically is just like, well, shit. Oh, well. Uh, Stitch comes back in and starts 
uh, saying some gibberish like he does. And Tara says, I think that he was asking what friendship is. And he introduces himself as Tara. And he says, you know, you can't really explain friendship, but you'll know it when you feel it. And Jumba says, <laughs> no, he won't. <laughs> and Tara's like, whatever, and makes a portal so he can leave. Yeah. By the way, the reason that he leaves is that an alarm starts going off that's like, escaped prisoners in sector whatever. That took so long. <laughs> oh, yeah. Think about the amount of gameplay that Terra must have been doing. He, like, escapes from his cell. He releases Jumba. I know there's, like, a horrible platforming section here. Oh, there has he fights his way through the ship. They release Stitch. He has a boss fight. And then they have, like, a long conversation. And then the alarm goes off. It's like, prisoners escaped. I just realized. They're busy with the unversed. Yeah. The, the security on this ship is not so good. No. Which, I mean... We've seen that. <laughs> yeah, kind of. We've seen that as two characters now. Yeah, they're not. Yeah, they're very incompetent on this ship. Yeah, I mean, Gantu's in charge. So if you've seen the movie. Uh, anyway, uh, Stitch and Jumba run off. I don't remember if this. I don't remember where Aqua fits into this because I I feel like Terra's the first one here. But Stitch doesn't have his little garbage wayfinder yet. So I assume Aqua's going to meet him next. Yeah, in the middle, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, because also we we wondered about... Because Stitch says Terra, then Aqua. Mm-hmm. So he must he must meet uh, Terra and Aqua in that order, and then Ventus. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, Terra just leaves through a portal and says, I hope I can make things right with my friends again. And that's deep space. Yeah, it was okay. I I like the friendship stuff. Yeah, it's good. Uh, the the stuff with Stitch is fun. Uh, playing it is not, and a lot of the story is just kind of nothing. But it's there wasn't a lot to it, which is, I guess, better than there being a lot of shit that sucks. <laughs> right. I mean, that's this game though. Is stuff is just shorter in general, which is probably yeah, good. Yeah. Man, I I could have stuck Neverland on here too, but oh well. I was like, I was like, we're doing way too much. This episode is going to be so long. Nope. You were, yeah, well, I I think this is the right length. Yeah, yeah. I'm just, I'm worried about how long next one is going to be, but I think it'll probably be fine because I was also worried about how long this one would be. <laughs> yeah, we're good. This is Wish Us Duck. Oh, yeah, it's Wish Us Duck. This is the segment where we try to sound like Donald Duck as best we can. Uh, I mean, it's got to be a Zigbar line this time, or a, bra- a break line, right? Yeah, let me look. Let me look. Um, we could say, you think I'm going to fight fair as if? <laughs> That's some shit Donald would say. That's true, yeah. As he's looking at a big gem. <laughs> that or... Uh, no, that's the one. I think that's the yeah, one. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. Just picture picture Donald Duck looking at a big gem that someone, like Aladdin... <laughs> Aladdin has they're like the big red gem is between Donald and Aladdin and this is what Donald has to say he's gonna smoke Abu pretty that's that's really good all right mm, I, I don't I don't feel too good about that one but that's all right okay well we'll see how I do okay <laughs> <laughs> Hmm. 
I think that we are both getting better. I, I really need to go back and listen to some of our earlier ones. It's definitely better. I should practice more than once on a recording. Although, that is how I said this was supposed to work at first. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I don't practice anymore. Yeah. Yeah, because you're... The- I just... I. You know, it's like it's like when you work out, you know, you you lift one weight once and then you put it down and you've broken your muscles and then over the week they mend back together stronger than before and next time you go to the gym, you can still only lift that one weight but it's slightly easier. Yeah, any day now a little mouse is going to show up with a letter for you telling you that you're the new Tony. <laughs> uh I mean that happens every week. And then what do you do? You burn the letter and, <laughs> and I mean, it's the same thing I do with all my mail. I just throw it directly into the recycling. Oh, okay. Well, that's good that you care about the environment. <laughs> if only the people who sent me the mail also did. <laughs> this mouse should use email. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's it for this week. Next time, uh, I think I think we should be able to finish Tara's story. Okay. Uh, we got. Neverland, which we probably could have done this time. Uh, he's going to go to the Destiny Islands. More Badlands. More Land of Departure. We're going to see what happened with him and Ericus. And then uh, the Keyblade Graveyard finale. That sounds like... Yeah, I mean, half the Keyblade finale you've seen already. That's That's what I was thinking when I was dividing these up. I was like... A lot of this stuff is stuff that we already saw through Ventus's eyes. Yeah. It is interesting. I really think that... There's only been one each of the characters bumping into Aqua. Well, I guess I guess they bump into Aqua once each, and they bump into each other once each, huh? Yeah. It did feel like Ventus had more crossing over, but maybe that's just not true. Yeah, he bumped into Aqua in uh, Enchanted Dominion at Maleficent's Castle. Mm-hmm. And then I don't think he saw Terra except for Radiant Garden. That's right, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I guess they they really don't cross paths that much in this game. No, which feels weird. <laughs> You'd think they would more often, but it's I guess it's not that long per story. I think it's so. good because that way you can maintain their misunderstandings of each other. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, for example, what in the hell does does Aqua think that Terra did to Cinderella? She's gonna like bump into Lady Tremaine and she's gonna be like, you know, that boy Terra destroyed her dress. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know he... it was Terra who did that. That boy Terra beat up the family cat. <laughs> <laughs> oh god, poor Rusify. Poor Rusify. Uh that's it. We're on uh co-host at Sounds About Light. If Twitter still exists, we are on there at Sounds About Light. Uh, just be careful if you look at our tweets. That is one of your precious 600 for the day. It's 1,000 um, now, supposedly. Oh, okay. No problem then. Yeah. I'm on co-host at Positive Stress. I'm on co-host at Achilles Heelys. Maybe send us questions about this show on co-host or something. Ooh. Yeah, I should enable asks on the uh I don't know if the Sounds About Light account has them, but I should enable them if we do cuz co-host has asks now that they're rolling out. Yeah, ask them there and we won't answer them on co-host, we'll answer them here. <laughs> maybe we'll do both. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll do both. Maybe. <laughs> what questions could anyone possibly have about Kingdom Hearts? I have none, so I can't I don't think they have any either. <laughs> um yeah, is there anything? Oh, uh, on Dr. Huh, 
Um, we have done our episode on the 13th Doctor episode, Demons of the Punjab, which was a great episode. Um, and next time we're going to be talking about The Woman Who Lived, which is a 12th Doctor episode that apparently has very good reviews. So I hope we like it. Cool. I think Maisie Williams is in it from Game of Thrones. Da, 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 da. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't got anything else. So I did catch a uh, a cheeky inside sneak peek. I saw they were recording in the old zero to zero Discord server. Ooh, ooh, exciting to hear. Coming soon, perhaps. I mean, yeah. So that's exciting. Yeah, uh, you can listen to this and that on noisespace.xyz, the home of podcasts that maybe someday will include a Halo lore podcast. I, I listen to that. I would absolutely listen to that, Matt, please. Yeah, I have a lot of thoughts about Halo. I played the first three as a kid and didn't look at the story for a single second of it. I thought about the story way too much. And Were you a novels reader? Uh, I read two of them. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think I tried to read The Fall of Reach once, but... That was after I had forgotten how to read because video games broke my brain. I also watched that, like, short movie they made back in the day. Oh, and, I don't know if I know about that. And then, like, the series they made, like, leading up to Halo 5. And then I watched two episodes of the new thing they made and went, this sucks so much, and stopped watching God, it. I saw one clip of it, and it looked really bad. Yeah, it's terrible. So check out Matt's Halo lore podcast, uh, when and if it ever exists. Um, and you can also check out other podcasts on Noise Space, like Matt's They Might Be Giants podcast, Giants Confirmed. There's one. And, uh, I don't know, your brother's podcast, Kamarocha Radio, whenever... Yeah, listen to Kamarocha Radio. Yeah. They are they are approaching the end of Yakuza 4, which I like. And I'm getting to it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, once... When, when and if you start playing Yakuza again, we'll have to have a Yakuza segment on this uh, to sort of steal their thunder. I'm actually playing Kiwami right now. Ah, yeah. well, unfortunately, you're bringing it up at the end of the episode, so it's too late to talk about it's it. It's true. <laughs> uh, are you enjoying Majima everywhere? That's been fun. Yeah, I'm like, I'm like so close to being out of what I feel like the, t- the tutorial uh, is, which does which I always, could, which I always forget is like six hours of playing a Yakuza game. Yeah, it could it could take quite a while. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I think that's it for this episode. Yeah. Well, like we always say, until next week, Keyblade, Keyblade. Mine was really bad there. Jesus Christ. Anyway, I've been looking at Steiner this entire time. Bye. Bye. Hey, you old coot! You said I wouldn't get hurt. I didn't sign up to be collateral damage. No way. As if. Okay. Okay. Fine. Fine. Just, just, just put that down. You still need me. You still need me to do something, right? And all I'm asking is that you hold up your end of the bargain. I mean, what's a little scratch on my face, huh? All things considered. 
I'm just lucky he didn't steal my heart like Princess whatever it was. <laughs> I would have ruined my week for sure. <laughs> 